Hello, welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Welcome to episode eight. (laughs) Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I love the number eight because it looks like an infinity sign. Ooh, my favorite number has always been 27. Um, Don't ask me why. It it started with a stupid reason that we don't need to go into. But as an adult, A, it's the day that my mom was born and um, August 27th. And my mother-in-law is also born on August 27th. So now I'm just like, it has to be my favorite number. It's a sign. Oh, that's funny. So my dad and my mom's dad, so like my grandpa, they both have the same birthday, November 29. There is, I believe in stuff like that. Like there are so many instances where either birthdays are like related to one another or they're like really close or you have members of the same family with the same birthday. Mm -hmm. And it's really peculiar. Like I have a cousin, same birthday, September 2nd. And then I have other cousins like September 3rd. Um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of those examples in my family. Oh, I love that. Angel numbers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, how else are you doing with how's your week going? My week is going well. I have been able to work outside this week now that the air is clear again. And I love it. That's been one of my favorite parts of the transition to remote hybrid, you know, post-COVID mm. working is being able to just work outside. I even used, I used to do it actually before the pandemic. Um, some of my offices would have workspaces on a roof and I would just disappear for like two hours and sit <laughs> in the sun with my laptop. So whenever I'm able to get outside, it, it really makes my day brighter, especially when it's sunny like this. Yeah, I A, I'm glad that the air <laughs> is just better in general uh, in in our northeastern um, cities and neighboring countries. Um, I, because of how our house is set up, I don't really have like an outdoor space to work in. And I feel those effects of it. There, uh, this week, yeah, I've noticed I'll just go like a whole day without going outside if, for example, like my husband is home and he takes our dog out for a walk and I don't have to do it, I'm like very cognitive of like, whoa, I have not been outside. I could go – I went a whole 24 hours without even stepping foot outside and having sunlight. And I I know from a lot of research and people saying – like I, I think they say – the first thing you need to do when you wake up is get like 10 to 15 or 10 to 20 minutes of sunshine. Yeah. Um, In your eyes. Not like don't stare directly into the sun, but getting that like unfiltered sunlight in your eyes, like not through glasses, it like gets your, it like wakes your circadian rhythm up and it tells you that it's time to be awake. So it's super good for your health. Um, It's in all the longevity podcasts I listen to. Well, there you go. A, I need to uh, – that's going to be part of my manifest, I guess, this week. Um, but you brought up some some good things about what we're going to talk about today in terms of like that flexibility of being able to like work outside and talking about remote work, which is a pretty hot topic right now. It wasn't as much pre-COVID, definitely was during COVID, and I think those types of conversations and discussions like discussion threads especially on LinkedIn are popping up with this post covid situation life like you yeah. know what what offices are doing wow well first of all that was not meant to be a segue i didn't <laughs> didn't even realize that i did bring that up but you're right it is a hot topic um how do we start like how do we want to kick this off yeah, I guess like first in my head, I mean, if, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're open and willing to talk about sort of your current work situation, um, just for context setting, mm-hmm. um, obviously during COVID, I was fully remote. Um, they, I definitely, I, I was in a different job back then 
And we had a couple opportunities where we were able to slowly kind of come back into the office. It was um, preferred and also recommended. I will say, though, it was a little different because where I worked, we each had our own office. So technically, Mm. like it it was a little bit safer and – they, they were really respectful about like masks and wearing it. And, you know, if you don't want somebody coming into your office, like picking up signs or whatever. But where I am now, we're fully remote, fully distributed. Um, so like, for example, I have a manager who does not live in the same state as me. And uh, the company I work for, we have offices in several like countries, like the US. Mm-hmm. The UK, there's We have some folks in the UK, which is where we have HQ. Um, Kenya and uh, Nepal. So my current situation is for the foreseeable future, we're forever distributed. Oh. Yes. My situation is hybrid. I worked fully remotely throughout the pandemic. I was really fortunate that I wasn't in a frontline worker role, so I was able to work from home. And as like social distancing and health guidelines started to relax, we recognized that um, there was a desire for some people or just some parts of the business to come back more. So we're now in a hybrid setup, but our hybrid setup is pretty fluid. So I am able to travel a lot in between there. I also, I mean, unlike most of my coworkers, I... I actually have my things in storage. And so I'm much more remote than most of the other hybrid workers. And so when I go into the office, it is a bit of a destination. Like I, mm-hmm. I make a trip to go there, spend some time there. And I have a huge network in New York, so it's fun. Um, and I do plan to be back in New York uh, sooner rather than later. But yeah, my situation is very flexible, remote first hybrid working. And I really enjoy that personally. <laughs> I and it's funny because when thing at the beginning of the pandemic, I was so vocal. I said, I don't want to work from home. I want to have a clear boundary between work and personal. And I don't like having this in my space. And the beauty of changing your mind. <laughs> I am singing a different tune, <laughs> let me tell you. But I think that happens. I think that happens. Um, but yeah, I think. What do you feel about working remotely and boundaries and Mm. how does that work for you? Because that was something that took me a couple months to get used to for sure. I dabbled in working remote like, you know, maybe a couple days a week or not a couple days a week, a couple days a month or even like a quarter. And I felt that was a lot. And I remember earlier in my career doing that and it being totally frowned upon. And it was mm. just sort of like, are you really, are you really working? And I just felt like um, if people had, you know, had kids or had to do something and they had to be more adaptable with how they work. So they just took their work home. Uh, definitely had some like leadership or some snarky, com- like from snarky comments from leadership, like, oh, where's, I'm just going to make up a name right now. Uh, Sarah, like, where is she? I haven't seen her all day. And it's like, well, Chris, um, <laughs> she is working from home because she has to get work done at her house or she had a very long appointment and it just didn't make sense for her to drive back and forth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, this was, you know, let's just say like back in 2017. So things have really changed. I think working remote during COVID has, is very different from working remote post-COVID. And I did not – and it's very situational on your team and your culture and your leadership. And so I felt like during COVID, my working remote situation, it was harder to place those boundaries. But I don't know if it – now that I'm working remote in a non-pandemic situation and not in the same place I worked at before – it actually has created more boundaries for me, surprisingly. Mm. But during COVID, I'd said it didn't. I was – I'm sure a lot of us could relate where we're working way longer 
and not not really like drawing the line and stopping at like nine o'clock or oh no, or, like working until nine o'clock or even like later. Um, so I think pandemic remote work was significantly harder for me than working remote in this environment. Mm. And thankful maybe is a good word for it or, or I'm just, yeah, I'm thankful that things are changing but what's scary is that I think things are also now reverting. <laughs> yeah. It's like they they give you – you know, it's like they give you an inch and now they're taking back five feet. And you're like, wait, what is going on? Yeah. I actually – it took me a while to figure out my boundaries and find the rhythm in the pandemic of working remotely. But once I did, I found that it really – I adapted to it pretty well. I think while my mind just went completely blank. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When you talk about things going back a bit though, I think I've got it again. I think what I like about remote work and having like more formalized policies on Mm. hybrid work and remote work is that I find that it's a bit more of an equalizer. I think before I had worked at organizations that, had a version of hybrid work, but because it wasn't as common, it wasn't enforced equitably. Um, by that, I mm. mean, I worked at a company that allowed you to work from home one day a week, a day of your choosing. But somehow every week that I tried to pick a day, they're like, oh, we can't have you work from home because someone else is working from home or you can't do this because, because, because. I think they just we hadn't seen a model of people working efficiently from home and we weren't as accustomed to, I guess, trusting that employees were doing things. That There was always a reason why I couldn't take this benefit that was outlined to me when I took the position. However, that was never the case for employees with children. And I'm a big believer in support for parents and people who are caretakers in various capacities. I mean, that's one thing that obviously the pandemic really illuminated is how hard it is to be a working parent. And so I think they should definitely have that flexibility. But as someone who was child-free by choice at that time, Mm -hmm. I was like, why is this benefit not available to to me, but it's available to someone else. So I think kind of some of those changes now have maybe opened that window up for those who want to take advantage of remote work in a way that companies maybe don't push back as much. But to your point, I think generally the tides are turning towards let's just kind of go back. Like I know friends who were working two days a week who are now hearing rumblings of three days a week or four days, you know, so like the policies are just slowly creeping back to Mm -hmm. before. So that is, that is tough for people in those organizations to not really know what the policy will be six months from now, six days from now. Um, Yeah. But I guess one thing I am really curious about when we talk about remote work is for me, the time saved commuting Mm. and how that frees up time to do things like piloting and create your passion projects. So I found a couple articles and I'll drop them in the show notes, but they said that on average, remote work saves workers anywhere from 55 to 72 minutes per day in in commuting. Um, They also lose the equivalent of $5,600 plus a year um, when they resume daily commutes. And I think when you start quantifying that time and how that time equals money, it does become hard if you're someone who is trying to start something new. If you think, oh my God, that's an average of an hour a day. And depending on what city you live in, an hour a day is generous. Like in New York City, I know people who are commuting two plus hours one way. So that's a four hour commute, you know, of time. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, I think for me, remote work becomes particularly attractive when I'm interested in pursuing other things outside Mm -hmm. of my job. And that doesn't have to mean in competition with my job, but just outside my job. I think I really feel 
the space. And I appreciate having that extra time that's not on a subway, in a car, you know? Yeah. I mean, it just, it kind of, I think all things, all roads lead back to boundaries. And that's just like another form (laughs) of boundary setting of, you know, that time spent. And I personally can't imagine having to do that again, like on an everyday basis and not like, yeah, and not realizing how much time and mental space just work took up because of those extra hours being added on to then having to show up at work and having always to be on. And, you know, remote work has just provided more opportunities, in my opinion, to have the space that you need to be creative, have the space you need to uh, feel rejuvenated and, and have the space to do things that people who just live life have to deal with and have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I know the argument with hybrid work and, and, or just going back to the office in general. I mean, I think the biggest thing was just like, having company and just having like energy around. And, and I, I, I understand that. Like I am someone who appreciates people's energy and can get re-energized by having some, some, not all people around me. And I, and I, I do see, you know, I recall like having these really fun in-person meetings where you're just all really in the zone and you've got like a whiteboard and you're, you're throwing ideas on the wall, you're sticky notes, and there's a lot of relationship building that has happened in person. But at the same time, it, all of that comes with a price. So sure, mm-hmm. you might have had some certain pros and you know benefits of of being in person, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. And you can't. My dad always used to say, "You can have it all." just not at once. And that's sort of the thing that you're sacrificing. So to me, uh, when I recall those like memories of collaboration and not that I don't collaborate really well now, we can get into that. But when I recall sort of like the, the, the in-office experiences that I had versus the, the sort of um, like digital work experience mm-hmm. I have now, you know, I prefer the latter and I don't – I feel like I sacrificed a lot earlier in my career while having that in-person experience and what got the short end of the stick? My family life, my home life, mm. my my inner life, me. <laughs> just like, you know, like just me. Um, so – and I just think we just haven't spent enough by we, the collective we, com- not all companies, but a majority of companies – we just we're so stuck on this argument of remote work versus in person or hybrid. We haven't I personally don't think we have really given remote work a chance to yeah. really be the thing to change how we interact, communicate and collaborate with one another. Like I definitely tried very hard in the companies I worked at before to reinvigorate our collaborative process. Like all I kept hearing is just like, it's just so much better when we're in person. Like Mm. we're losing creative collaboration. Like all this, to be honest, bullshit. Because when I look back on the work that we accomplished during COVID when everyone was remote, it is some of my most favorite work ever. Oh, and, that's nice. You know, and like I think about and like I'm hearing the critique like we're not create we're not really being creative enough. There's not a lot of room for collaboration. And I'm like, but honestly, everything that I did for my clients during that year is the most fascinating agency work I ever created and the only work I really talk about now and like refer back to. So Yeah. When I hear that, I'm like, eh, is it we're not collaborating or you're resisting collaboration because you don't 
see my face in person, but I'm giving you all of the information you need to know through this screen. And if you know what I mean, like, yeah, no, I hear you. Mm, I going I, on a rant. No, it's I didn't. I didn't. You were on a flow, so I didn't want to like take you out of flow state. I completely agree with you that we haven't really given it a chance to succeed because we've we know and are familiar with a previous model that worked. That I think some people are just less apt to try and find another thing that can work until the initial model breaks. And I think the initial model wasn't breaking. I think some people were breaking in the way we used to work, but the model itself was held up. Like, and I'm, I've said this before, I'm an extrovert. I do feed off the energy of other people. I enjoy when I go in, even now in my hybrid setup, I have great days when I get to see the people I work with because they're awesome people. We have a great time. We collaborate even with clients. It's wonderful. I am not as productive on those days. Um, I, that's just a fact. Um, I'm busy socializing. I'm productive in a different way. It's like my relationship building is strengthening maybe. And I am filling my cup up. I'm you know, developing different things, different vibes. Like it's It's great in that sense. But I know that my best days are when I work at home or when I go into the office and no one else is there. And I can just put my headphones on, put like some like classical like music like movie score on repeat for a couple hours and just get in the zone. And that's that's just how I work. Other people work differently. Um but I, yeah, I do, I don't think we've really given it a chance to work. And it's something I'm interested in again, because for me, I think I really view a connection between remote work and doing something new, piloting. Mm-hmm. So I read an article um, before we had this conversation called The Rise of the Side Startup in Box. And it talks about people who are specifically starting side businesses. Although I agree with you. A lot of the benefits from remote work don't have to be business related. It can be a different kind of relationship building with your family, like your friends. This article just focused on business. Mm -hmm. And the article says that remote workers are using the freedom, flexibility, and time saved by working remotely to start their own businesses without sacrificing their steady paychecks. And it gives them this space to pursue something they're passionate about and doing it their own way. It's Mm. not solely about making money. It's not about being in competition with your job. It just allows you, you know, those moments of time, if there's a lull in work in the office, you can't just move your desk to the side and say, you know what, I'm going to spend 45 minutes writing my novel. <laughs> like, just <laughs> the optics of that isn't great. And I'm not saying that like, I have all this free, I don't have free time. All of this podcast work we do is still happening on nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. For me. Like it's not happening during the work day. Um, but for those who have more flexible work days, kudos to you. <laughs> I guess it creates space for them to do that. Or it just creates this this window of, okay, if my work wraps up at 6, 6.30 on a good day and I would normally spend 45 minutes on the subway going back home, that's now 45 minutes that I can spend learning a language, writing that novel, starting that consultancy business, whatever your heart desires. Like in mm-hmm. our case, it's like doing podcast stuff. And I just think about building my day around going to work, adding in that commuting time. I just don't know that I would have as much time. I mean, it's like Mm. I mentioned earlier, an hour a day or more, that adds up to like several hundred hours in a year that you could have put towards developing a skill or just doing something else that you're passionate about. Like we all have multiple passions, even if you love your day job, like there's still other things that you might be interested in. Yeah. I don't know if I would even have thought our podcast was possible if we were in, we were still in this environment of like always being in person and, you know, like I I don't know if I would have had like that many extra hours to really even think about it. And you know, for, for you all, like Renee and I have known each other for 
how many years a long time yeah almost Almost 20 20 years that we've known each other and in the last few years um i mean we've never done a recording in person together true and so this i think speaks to the volume of creative space that remote work enables us to do i think Mm. you know like I don't think it's a restricted our collaboration or restricted our relationship building. Now, again, of course, we have known each other for almost two decades. So we know each other well enough to to read each other's energy in this in, in the in the quote digital room and and all those things. I, I've heard a lot of people um str- maybe struggle's not the right word, but haven't like I was in person before going all remote, but then the, this new place I work at is was all remote. So there are still a lot of people that I work with every day that I have not met in person. Um, so, and a lot of people are like, well, that, that has like been difficult for me because I am someone, you know, I could see the, the difficulty of just meeting people mm-hmm. online versus knowing people and having had the time and, you know, a, the months, the years to develop that relationship. And then you go to just sort of this like only Zoom meeting yeah. work. Um, but yeah, I just, I just feel like our relationship in general with work has, is, is shifting and is changing. And mine's always doing that. This podcast is like continually like opening up my eyes to things to like truly think about and have a really strengthened point of view on. Um, and yeah, I, I just see so many benefits of remote work. It would be so currently it would be really difficult for me to revert back to how things were for me before. Now, I will say it doesn't mean I think one day I might be able to be okay with like a hybrid approach where I'm in office like once a week, three times a month, something like that. Um, It's hard for me to imagine right now just because of the benefits that it's had personally on my life and my family. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so for those of you who don't know, my husband is a respiratory therapist and um, after the – well, during the pandemic, he decided to do travel respiratory therapy, a.k.a. very much like travel nursing. You get short-term contracts at hospitals and you got to pick up your life and move it to another state, move it to another hospital, 13-week contracts. You can get extended, but that's sort of like the baseline. And it worked out for me. Um, or it worked out for us because of my ability to be able to work remote. And um, I actually presented that to my last company before I switched jobs. And it was pulling teeth of just trying to help them. You know, I, I, and I just feel like I had to open up and I, have to, I had to be so vulnerable and share private things that like m- my husband and I were, were going through and having conversations about mm-hmm. to my employer for to convince them that I could work just as well as I had been for two years in the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, versus I don't have to explain that. Like it's sort of just this unsaid thing of trust built in that you have with your company that you're, you're getting stuff done. Um, I think so you're right though, like our relationship with work is changing. And I think that is healthy personally. And again, I'm saying this as someone who works a lot. I work long hours. I put in a lot of effort. Um, and I think the people who work with me would agree with that. Like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I despite being someone who is quite driven and ambitious and likes to work hard, I do think we are overdue for a reexamination of how much work is at the center of our lives in the U.S. and in other countries too. That I think if you're able to have an experience that is good for this moment, like I know people, like it just varies. Like for me as someone who is currently child-free 
it gives me this flexibility to travel and do all of these things before I get to a point in my life where I am a little more rooted. You know, if a kid's in school, like we're not running around <laughs> everywhere. And so for me, I kind of view it as this is a good window of time that I won't have necessarily, um, you know, for a long time. I have people I know who are in very different circumstances who are parents and also feel like being able to be at home and just look over and see my child and not have to miss out on some of these moments, despite the challenges that it also creates in having to juggle those things in the same space is precious that it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in a country that doesn't give you a ton of parental leave. So whatever your company's situation is, you just have to send your kid off to daycare or a nanny and go back to the office. Like that's really special. And maybe when their kids are older, they'll be like, no, put me back in the office. (laughs) I can't be there with the toddlers, but Mm -hmm. for an infant, this is really beautiful. And so I I like that we are opening up this discussion again, because like you said, it's always a trade-off. Like, do I build relationships at work at the sacrifice of building relationships at home? Like, sh- should we prioritize work over home? I, that's up to you to decide on what works mm-hmm. for you. But for some people, it's like, I'm, I will choose spending time with my spouse, my aging parents, my child, mm-hmm. even if it means that like my coworker who I get along with well, and we can have some jokes, isn't my best friend. Um, but I've also made really close friends remotely as well. So yeah, yeah it's a complicated it's, issue. I think I, I actually might, some of my relationships at work strengthened because of it. Um, I, you know, I don't know exactly why or, or when it happened, but I, I don't know. I think it just created this new space for different ways of connecting and collaborating that it, it just inevitably just happened. And mm-hmm. I feel, cl- I feel close. I actually, f- I don't know. Maybe this is just like a personal thing. I felt closer to my coworkers during the pandemic than before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. Um, but I noticed that happened. Um, and maybe just in general, like the state of our world was just everyone was trauma bonding, sensitive. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's exactly. We were all trauma bonding. <laughs> like, oh, your day was rough. Mine too. <laughs> Misery maybe- loves company. No, I'm just joking. Um- no, maybe that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, but I, I, you know, I will say there. There are you have to be a lot more intentional now a days being being remote yeah. about things like networking or just like making sure you are doing things outside of your job that energize you in whatever way. Like it's I will say it is easy to slip into home comfort. Like that was a harder transition, you know, dressing up for work and putting on, you know, if you wear makeup, like putting on makeup or, or doing your hair or just doing something that made you feel like you didn't, you weren't rolling out of bed every day, even though I'm sure a lot of us were, and a lot of Mm -hmm. us may still do that. Um, but you know, the working remote comes with challenges. It's also not perfect. Like there is still a lot of work on your end to ensure that you're creating balance and creating those boundaries. And uh, I mean that sometimes I'm like, did at the beginning of the pandemic, did that have to deal with my burnout? You know, like I was, I also wasn't like used to working from home. And so I was like getting into these like slumps where I wasn't like taking care of myself that well. Like I was still like skipping lunch. Like I was working really late. My, my company wasn't really helpful and giving us a lot of work and expecting a lot of us because we were home and it was just, you know, well, what else are you going to do? You know, like that type of thing. (laughs) Live my life. (laughs) You know, but at the same time, like if, if I wasn't able to work remote, like I wouldn't have gotten my dog. And oh, and he's like the light of your life. He is. He's the center of my world. <laughs> you know, and we got him two weeks in the pandemic and technically my office was like dog friendly, but my dog isn't dog friendly. And I'm like, okay, thinking about that, that would have not worked. And so being able to spend this time with my dog, it, 
Like, it's so special. Like, I can have him, I can like sit on the couch, work on this really great presentation, get that done, and be a good dog mom. <laughs> like, check out the boxes. Um, in terms of piloting, though, like if you're getting ready to start mm. something new, what do you feel like you're missing out on by doing it remote? I think it's pretty clear to everyone that we are evangelists for mm-hmm. flexibility, whatever that cadence looks like for you hybrid, remote, whatever. Like, I think people know where we stand. But what do you think we're missing out on by not being in office more? And again, I'm not talking about necessarily office culture at your organization. Mm -hmm. But like, one thing that came to mind for me is like when years ago, when we, you know, before we even knew about like remote work in this, this context, I had a friend who she was always, um, someone who was like a multi-hyphenate. So while working full-time at the job that I knew her at, she also ran a nonprofit that she had started at a very young age. Very impressive woman. Love her. And she would say like she loves like working in person because it gives mm. her people she can talk to about all the time about her projects. And it's a little different for her when it comes to just like, let me send you an email or send you the link to our nonprofit's Instagram. If you could talk to her and just feel the energy vibrating Mm -hmm. off of her of how passionate she was about it or that, you know, she could use like the office printer to like print stuff, (laughs) like very practically, (laughs) like resources. Uh, I have never done that already. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So like there are things, you know, that, that you do lose again, if you're starting something new, that are like your your day job doesn't just impact your day job. It it does also potentially impact the other things you're doing. Do you think that there's anything mm-hmm. you're missing out on, whether it's with our podcast mm. or just other things you've tried to do alone that you're like, God, if we were in person at work, this other thing would probably benefit as well. Yeah. I mean, just in general, like I love people. I love humans. Yeah. And it is set, like I – as much as I love like our, our podcast episodes and um, just catching up with you virtually, I love our in-person dinners, our yeah. five-hour lunches <laughs> more. Like, Always of course, place down. <laughs> yeah, and like I just I I love those moments too, where you just I mean, there is so much personality sometimes that you miss out on virtually. Like it can't do everything. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for like being in person. It also can't do everything. And so, you know, I think like a lot of networking too for me has suffered. I guess I could use that word. I know um, pre-pandemic I was able to do a lot of um, – it was like part volunteer work and then they did, they did pay me to do like a few things for them. And it was, I I went to like a lot of the events and I was like helping out with that. I did a lot of their marketing and the connections I made there was just like really special. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would always have these like meetings once a month at um, various like Indian restaurants and just being able to like share a meal with people, it's just such an intimate and critical like piece of bonding, in my opinion. And yeah. so, like, I I love that. And um, I mean, just the energy thing, like it it's true. Like, you know, I I as much as I love the remote work, what I love more is like being outside and just like seeing people living, mm-hmm. just seeing you know, like it's just seeing people out and about living their life. Um, I don't mind the casual conversation of, you know, someone who's really friendly at Target. Just make sure they're not like t- trying to sell you passive income opportunities. No MLMs. <laughs> that has just happened like t- for some reason Target. Anyway, I've been – yeah, and I'm just – I I need to set better boundaries. You have and an I approachable out- face. You have an approachable I face. Get- Thanks, Renee. Me and I too. give out my number. And I'm like, oh, why? You're doing too much. You're doing too much. I know. I don't think I would do that anymore. But like 2019, Melissa was just like, oh, like, I mean, it's just my number. Don't. Just you're don't. You're on a list, sir. I'm, I am so, – someone has me in their database and <laughs> I need to be removed. Um, 
so yeah, I, I do think there are some things that just sacrifice or just make it harder to accomplish maybe in this only like remote environment. And I don't know if that's like the answer to everything, right? Like I, I do see a lot of companies. Um, one that I love is Buffer and they've been remote. They were remote maybe since the beginning of their company days. Oh, okay. Um, they're a huge advocate. Oh, by the way, sorry. Buffer is a social media tool and like the likes of like Sprout Social, Hootsuite, there's Buffer. And I've always been like a fangirl of Buffer. Um, not so much. I mean, their, their tool is good. Like it's a lot more simple than the Sprout Socials of the world, but uh, of their just work culture and their values. And mm. they're one that they're all, they're all remote, like worldwide. Uh, they believe in salary transparency. So you can actually access and look up salaries for every single person in their company. I'll have to find the article for that and share it. That can maybe be another podcast episode mm. on that. Um, but they have retreats. So they they are very, very, very cognitive that they know the limitations, let's say limitations or um, that work remote does. And they combat it with creating more opportunities for connection with their employees. So that is like, I think one, one year, they all, everyone, they all met up in Spain and it was just like three to four day. Yeah. It was like this three to four day. Oh my gosh. Event I love that. for them to come together, have, have shared meals. Um, I'm sure some of their, their team members were from Spain. And so they could also like teach their, team about their culture and introduce them and all this other stuff, you know? So like if there are so many opportunities to combat limitations that working remote has, and also I think just like the, in the inclusivity piece of working remote, like I am not part of this community, so I can't speak of it, speak from it from like a personal standpoint, but um, you know, from what I've read and seen a lot of folks with, disabilities have have reaped positive mm-hmm. rewards for having a a remote work environment um because of the their day to day gets affected by having to commute or you know just you know different things like that so i think that has been good for yeah. that community as well yeah no i th- i think you're right to bring up the inclusivity piece there i i've seen some of those headlines too about how especially people People also with invisible disabilities, yes. you know, because th- um, it gives them just more space, if, especially if it's not something they're comfortable disclosing in their workplace. Just, you know, some workplaces are more open to that kind of information and others kind of run with it in, in a different way. But mm-hmm. I think that's really great. I think I think you're right about the intentionality piece with working remote. And it is something that I do think, though, regardless of where we land, like even if, you know, you talk to me in six months and I say, I want to be in an office full time, I'm, I'm over <laughs> it, I'm done adventuring, that could happen. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not, but <laughs> it could. <laughs> um, not in six months anyway. I, 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 but I do, I enjoy retreats. I love, yeah. like, I'm, I'm lucky to work with great people, so I love being around them. But I still think it's something we should learn to be good at, even if you know, we decide that that's not what our organization's doing, or that's not my preferred way of working. I still think it's a good skill that we should all be trying to learn and solve for. Like, I remember when I was senior enough in like my career that I was allowed to go on work trips. And Mm -hmm. the first few work trips I went on, I couldn't get anything done. I think my routine was just completely thrown off because there was no schedule. There was no predictability in how my day went. And I just didn't know how to get things done. And through doing it more times, I learned how to how to optimize a car ride to a, an, an event location or to an airport without getting car sick, how to make the most of mm-hmm. like little short bursts of time in an airport on a plane, on the train, you know, how to manage these things. And I've found that that's been so valuable and just learning that new skill on how to make that work that I think even if your preference isn't to be remote, it's still worth 
investing the time and energy to figure it out. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. learn how to swim, even if you don't want to go to the pool every day, but just so that if you're in a situation, you won't drown. I I think it's something that we should just know how to do. It's a muscle to exercise. Yeah. I like that. And two, you know, I guess like my sort of like my last remaining thought is it it brings us back to piloting. It just brings us back to how we spend our time and it just opens up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities to re, uh, I don't know, reconfigure our relationships with work and that we don't, we're not just this one role. Like we can be fantastic, ambitious, driven, hardworking at our job and also have ample opportunity to do side hustles and Mm -hmm. to, you know, like, and have hobbies, like things don't, your hobbies don't necessarily have to be side hustles. Yeah. Um, It doesn't necessarily need to garner or be monetized. Um, Like, you know, our podcast right now may not be bringing in the big bucks or bringing in any bucks at the moment. I mean, of course, <laughs> like we're going to continue to manifest that, continue to manifest it. But we also can have hobbies that don't necessarily need to be a job. And I just think that makes us better workers in general. Like our like our, our energy bars on in, in our all of our like pieces of pie, like they're in like a good balanced place where I can feel like, okay, like I actually feel really good about like balance with, you know, my hobbies and things I love to do and still be able to show up like full on Mm -hmm. and be there and be present with my job because I've been present in other places. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it does come back to sort of thinking about how remote work affects being able to stretch your passions and, and pilot projects and, um, yeah. Or pilot, like you said, it doesn't have to be a project. Like I've always been close to my parents and sometimes I'll joke about when I am working from my parents' house, like the way that my mom will just jump in and like interrupt (laughs) a call to like, tell me something or or share a bit (laughs) of news. But I can tell you when I look back on my life, I, I'm not going to have any regrets about those little interjections of <laughs> I'm usually getting emotional just like thinking about it. But like, oh, you know, it's like as people get older, I can't believe I'm like crying. <laughs> but like, I would just never, ever take that time for granted of like, if you want to see yeah. a baby, that's so beautiful. And if like, you know, like my parents are aging. So it's like, I'm going to be so glad that I was able to just see them during the workday or, you know, whatever. And I just, I think like you Mm. said, if you're happy in your life, you'll feel happy in your work. And I, Mm -hmm. I just believe that so, so sincerely, (laughs) clearly it like really means a lot to me. So yeah, I I just like, don't want us to throw that away for the sake of, I don't optics. even know what. Yeah, optics, because like productivity <laughs> is still getting done. Like we're still optics. getting work done. It's just optics. You're right. I loved what you said and you got really vulnerable about your family when it comes to the beauty that remote work can can do for building relationships outside of work. And I feel like I've truly, truly have benefited from that. And it's it, it has strengthened the relationships that I value the most. And enables me to continue to do that. I mean, the fact that I'm able to do this as my husband does travel, travel RT work, like that in itself has created this, I don't know, really beautiful balance for our family. And I mean, it's helped us like financially for him to be able to do that. It has cured some of our like travel bug stuff. You know, even though we didn't quite travel as far as we wanted to, I mean, you know, we're just the type of people where right now we are child-free and, you know, we're young and and we want to experience the world and and figure out where we do want to put roots down. And working remote has enabled us to do so. 
Oh, I so. love that. Let's end on that. I think that was beautiful. I know. You make me want to go like go home and like hug my mom now. Oh, I know. I really didn't I didn't expect oh. to get emotional, but I just I don't know, like relationships are important to me and I I really really value the ones I have when I'm in office, like like some I mean I've lived with a coworker. Some of my coworkers have gone to their weddings. I, you know, it's. I oh, I didn't know you lived with a coworker. Yeah, for a month. Um, oh. last year <laughs> in December, like, um, she had an extra room. Like, one of her roommates was gone. So, like, I have just like I've had really beautiful relationships come out of that space of being in mm-hmm. person. But I also, you know, like you said, you got Frank. Like you and your husband. <laughs> like me and different friendships. I've been able to like mm-hmm. work in cities where my friends are and just see them more. So yeah, I think that's, I think what you said was really lovely. Um, well, do you want to talk about our gold stars and share what your gold star is for the week? Yeah, I'll go first this time. Uh, so my gold star for the week is season four of Never Have I Ever, which <laughs> dropped on Netflix not too long ago. For those who don't know, it is a show from Mindy Kaling on Netflix about a young Indian girl. She's in high school. She sees um, her father um, go through something difficult um, in high school. And so the show is kind of about her navigating the grief of processing that moment while also just being with her friends being like a kook, like they always like call her like crazy Davy. Like she's she's like oh, she's a wild person, and it's a comedy. But it's just it's such a beautiful time capsule of high school and being young. And at the center of it is this beautiful Indian family, which is really interesting because I've always had Indian friends growing up. But it, it you know it's like a nice look into a different cultures lifestyle and those dynamics. And I I just love a coming of age teen story. And I think Mindy Kaling, her writing and storytelling is just Mm -hmm. so funny. Uh, And this season's the last one. And it's, it's really precious. I haven't finished it yet. But I'm going (gasps) to start to that show. I did finish it, Renee. It's... I literally have seven minutes left of the final episode. So I okay. my, my iPad. No spoilers. Of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I I love and I agree with your gold star, just like multi-generational home and it's all women and yeah. it's oh, good and show, friends. good gold star. Yeah, love it. It's definitely recommend, even if you're not a teenager, like we haven't been teens in a while, <laughs> but it's we still have great. Not. And I love Paxton. Oh. <laughs> Love, listen, a love interest who's not Caucasian. We love that. Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Okay, she's so beautiful. <laughs> well, okay, my gold star. I don't know. I think this just showed up on my Spotify as something I might be interested in. And it's a podcast, but it is not your typical podcast. It's called what or they refer to as an audio drama. And so it's a mix between a podcast and an audiobook. So it's very much like storytelling and but the actors of course are like are 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 narrating, but it goes like above and beyond and there's like a lot of sound effects. There's a lot of like high 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 production value. So audiobooks like sometimes they'll add in some sound effects, but I I feel like it's it's as if you're just watching the audio of a movie, but it's mm. more enhanced because you're just listening to it. And so there's this audio drama that I started listening to. It's from BBC and it's called um, People Who Knew Me. And Ooh. it stars um, Rosamund Park and she is from Gone Girl. That's probably her most like popular yeah. role. And then Hugh Laurie. Um, who's from House. House. Yes. And it they drop like two episodes every week. They're about like f- 17 minutes. And this is this is the first audio drama I've ever listened to. And I'm like fully engaged in it. Like sometimes it's even hard to listen to in the car because I'm so distracted. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me turn this off. I think I should listen to this like headphones on when I'm like paying attention to it. But it's just another way of storytelling that I've never really experienced before. 
it, it gives me like the music and the vibe is gives me like cereal, um, you know, like the, the podcast, like the music with the narration, but with the production value of like a movie, you know, like a TV show with the music background and the sound effects. Um, and I love this quote. Uh, I don't know who said this in this article. I'll have to find it. But um, they said, I'm excited for people to hear what we've made. The wonderful thing about audio drama is that when done well, it can feel like eavesdropping on very, very private conversations. I love yeah. that. So I haven't found more audio dramas yet, so I can't recommend them. I do recommend the people who knew me. Um, not say for work. <laughs> Good flag. And, you know, listen with the headphones on. Um, Not with your kids in the car. (laughs) But (laughs) it's really well done and, like, you know, like real acting. There's actors in there. Um, So that's my gold star. I love that. I have to check that out. Yeah, I think you'd this would be up your alley too, Renee. I love, like, eavesdrop. I mean, that's what I love about podcasts. I just feel like I'm eavesdropping on people. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And what are you manifesting? Well, I'm definitely going first because you always have the best manifestations. <laughs> I want to – I can't follow you. Um, I'm manifesting this week um, just taking some time to sit around and do nothing. So I saw this on Instagram, this like graphic that said, creative people need time to just sit around and do nothing. And I tried to find it online and it is – apparently a quote from Austin Cleon. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He wrote this book, Steal Like an Artist, 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative. And I just love that because it's so easy to be in a busy, 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 go, 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 always on vibe. But I know personally, I've also had some of my best creative ideas when I am a little bored or just I'm not doing 10 things at once. So I just want to manifest some space to do nothing, to not always be productive, to just chill out and see what happens. <laughs> Love that. I have read that book. Oh. I have it actually. Still like an artist. Um, a great book just to have on like your desk and just flip through when you're when you're when you need some moments of inspiration. Um, we read it at work together as a oh, book club. I Love that. I want to read it. Well, read is it, – it's not like a no, – like written like a novel, very like large text, drawings and things like that. Very much like an artist. Oh, But it's a good cool. book. Um, my manifest is – has to do with sitting actually. It starts off with sitting. And this is – shout out to Headspace. Um, so I still have the app on my phone even though I don't have like a full-on membership, like premium membership anymore. But if you have the app on your phone, every day they send you pretty much like a manifestation. And this is what I got yesterday and I loved it. Um, sitting with our discomfort is equally is equally as important as the times we sit with our joy. I'll, I'll say it again because I butchered it. But <laughs> sitting with our discomfort is equally as important as the times we sit with our joy. And it just reminded me like even though I'm going – I may be going through like some sort of like rough patch in my emotions or something's bugging me to not dismiss it, to not just focus on all the good things. Um, I mean, always, you know, keep that in mind. Like, please do don't, don't get too, you know, heavy with the feelings, but don't, don't ignore them. And your mm-hmm. feelings are any, any sort of feeling that you have is, is valid. And we talked a lot about discomfort um, stepping outside of your comfort zone, piloting and pivoting, and uh, that it's it's okay to to sit with your feelings of discomfort, um, very much the same as you would sit with your your joy. This is why I let you go last for the manifestations <laughs> because you're so you find the best ones. It's honestly, I mean, aside from just being able to talk to you live, your manifestations are easily one of my highlights of this podcast. I, I'm so serious. I love them. I Shout love out that. to Headspace. <laughs> I love, okay, I love Headspace. I have the app too, but I guess I don't get the push notifications anymore. That, or maybe they like are different for every user, but 
Oh, maybe. Or maybe you just need to turn your notifications on. Probably. That's probably what it is. But it's going to start stealing all of Headspace's <laughs> manifestations. They're a great company. So <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I think a couple reminders. One of them is next week our episode will be our book club episode. That's right. Yeah. I actually have the book behind me. Um, but can you remind me, Renee, because now my my mind just blanked out <laughs> what the name of the book is. It's called The Search by Bruce Filer. That's um, right. I don't have the subhead in front of me. I also have the book, but I can't read the small text where I'm sitting. <laughs> but The Search by Bruce Filer. I believe it's about finding meaningful work in a post-career world. Um, we're both you might really have just excited got that about spot it. on. As soon as it came off my tongue, I said, "You know what? I bet that's it, word for word." Um. <laughs> yeah, your memory. Um, yeah, we're we're reading that this week, and we'll have that discussion next week. So we'll we'll post it on our Instagram too as a reminder, and you can follow along there, which is at Piloting Pod. Um, and then you can also reach us via email at pilotingpod at gmail yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And thank you for sticking around for the ride. We're, we're really enjoying it. And we appreciate you guys for being a part of the community. Hands down, my favorite part of the week. I'm also Mine biased. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, thank you for letting us uh, have this conversation with you all. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Have a good week. 